Good evening. We are back again. Otra vez. <laughs> we are here doing things that we do. It's Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. We are so honored that you could join us again. And we hope that you get some nuggets from today's guest. Um, she is awesome. She's got a lot of history that she shares in just a brief amount of time and some miraculous things. Yes. So for sure. And I feel like we have a nice trend that we'll talk about later of like guests that have been coming on mm -hmm. because of who we had last week. And it kind of stems into this week a little bit. Very true. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, you guys are very much in for a lovely holiday Thanksgiving treat. So um, enjoy. Yeah. Roll it. Roll them. We have a dear friend here, Miss Tammy Becker. And we would love it if you don't mind sharing some background for uh, the audience here about your kind of journey through life with Christ and what he's got you doing now and we'll kind of just take it from there. All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak about my favorite topic, which is yeah. God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually been a Christian since I was about seven. Wow. So really a long time. I'm 57 now. So I've been a lifelong Christian, uh, you know, up and downs like anybody would. And uh, but really, I guess what I wanted to talk to you guys with you guys about today was probably my most recent journey and what God brought me through and where he put, uh, where he has me today. OK. OK. So um, are you. An only child. I know you you told us that you were in Montana, but have you always lived in Montana? How did I guess tell us a little bit about your family dynamics and then we can journey to what happened most recently? Okay, well, uh, I am a family of five, at least my current family. We I have a brother and a sister. My dad was married previously, so I have two half sisters, and I had one half brother that passed away of cancer when I was 20. So uh, we have uh, lots of nephews and nieces and I have grandbabies. So I, uh, they're not really babies anymore. Probably my youngest one is a sophomore in high school. Oh, wow. So yeah. Yeah. So it's been quite a journey. I've got one that's uh, in college and, you know, one that's, you know, two actually that are just finishing up high school. So Okay. Um, that's kind of my family. Uh, all of my family is basically between Arizona and California. Okay. Okay. And did you grow up in California, Arizona or? Arizona my whole life. Okay. And, uh... <laughs> I heard it's really pretty there. Um, I've not been. My husband has actually been um, before and he's like, you would love it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to venture out there one day. Um, I did want to ask you, you said you gave your life to God when you were seven years old. How did you know at seven that like you wanted to choose Christ or that he chose you or both really? Right. Well, actually, um, as a child, God is very real and, and, just knowing uh, 
God was, it's different as a child. You're, he's just all encompasses you as a child, I remember. And there was nothing that I didn't think that God couldn't do. I remember praying over my dad had this little growth on his toe. And it was the very first miracle I ever experienced. And it was a, a bone. But I prayed so hard and I go to the bedroom, pray at night before I went to bed, get up the next morning, run to my dad's room and it was still there. And I thought, well, I didn't pray hard enough. So I go pray the <laughs> next night. And I probably did that for four or five nights. And then one day my dad just waited for me to come in there because when I came in there that time, that growth was gone. Wow. And so that faith of a child and my dad was just like astound. He goes, She's just praying for this little knot on my foot and there, and she prayed it away. Wow. <laughs> she had, so I always think back to that first miracle because in life as adults, we get so hung up on things that take us away from that childlike faith. Yeah. And it's so important to just hang on to that faith and know that God loves us and God will give us an answer. He will take care of us in his timing and uh, when he's ready. Yeah. yeah, I would, I actually would agree and like attest to that. Like you just remember those because I grew up as a Christian too. My mom was, my parents were both like really great about kind of wanting us to not explore, but they trusted God enough, I think, to allow us to be able to, you know, mm -hmm. go whatever direction we felt like we needed to, but, you know, um, they knew that we wouldn't depart from him, you know, in the long run of things, you know? So I, I also can recall like moments and like miracle moments that kind of sustain you, even when everything seems like almost too practical sometimes. And then you're like, oh, but I do remember when like only God could do that particular mm -hmm. thing in that particular moment. And so it just takes you back, you know, to such a sweet times sometimes like of those like miraculous moments that God does stuff and people will try to ration it and you know rationalize yeah. it and all that other stuff but when you know it's God it's God and that's just it so I think that's that's a really sweet um story to, yeah. to kind of help us remember to have childlike faith and it's okay to do that because you know we can and right. God requires it of us. Very so, true. Yeah. So did you um, follow a certain denomination growing up or? Well, you... um, basically we bounced around from church to church and my dad would help preach here and there. And he's always helped the homeless and things like that. So basically when people say what denomination or what are you? What do you study? And I say I'm a biblicist. And what a, a lot of people don't really know that term. But mm -hmm. I mean, you know, people that have been a Christian for a long time know that term. So I'll explain it. But a biblicist is basically a person that follows the law of the Bible that mm -hmm. believes that Jesus Christ uh, was sent down by God to die on the cross and forgive us of our sins if we ask him. And it's through him that we will have eternal life and only yeah. through him and that that path is a narrow road and we've got to follow the Bible to stay on that narrow path and make it to heaven. So a biblicist is baby basically following the Bible, following God's law and following his 
program or his um, calling for your life, doing what he wants you to do in your life. Okay. Your purpose. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So um, I guess that was the very first miracle that you witnessed as, as a child, but you said that you did want to share with us, I guess, some things that have happened to you most recently. Would you mind kind of telling us what that's about? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, basically at the age of 13, I was diagnosed with a disease called scoliosis, and that is curvature of the spine. So I had a backward S was my what my spine looked like. And I had a 62 degree thoracic curve on the top and a 58 degrees curve on my lumbar spine. So what they were quite significant. And over time, I was able to hold back the pain with exercise and um, staying fit throughout my life. But what happens when you hit in the fourth and fifth decade of your life, things um, like degenerative bone disease, uh, Mm -hmm. bulging discs, um, pinched nerves all got in the way of my progress. And I had to seek out doctors and the doctors were telling me the same thing that I needed to go get a complete uh, back fusion surgery from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. And what this surgery was going to consist of was a two part surgery, they were going to open me up in my pelvic area from the sacrum, the pelvic to two inches above my belly button. And then the second part of the surgery would be opening my complete back up. And so after months of praying, actually, it was a few years of praying and trying to put it off as I always did. Uh, I took a long trip home to Arizona and camped all the way there and just prayed to God and says, what, what is it you want me to do? And God says, well, he says, it's time. It's time to get that surgery. And so by the time I made my way to Arizona, I called my doctor down there and we scheduled the surgery. And so I went in on December 3rd for the first part of the surgery in 2018. Mm -hmm. And that was a seven hour surgery. And then the next day I rested and I don't remember any part of that. And then the third day I went in for the whole entire back part of the surgery. And that was 17 hours. And Uh, When I came out of that, it was very early in the morning, like four o'clock in the morning. And my husband said that um, they told him I wasn't going to wake up until the next day to go home and get some rest. So when he came back in the next day, I still hadn't woken up. And so um, they started running tests for the next couple of days. I just wasn't waking up several days later. They thought maybe I had a stroke. They thought maybe... Uh, something, a heart attack, things like that. They just didn't know what was going on. And so what happened was, is by the sixth day, they were telling my husband that they were going to have to do a tracheotomy because of the ventilator, Mm -hmm. couldn't stay in more than seven days. And so he was starting to panic and was reaching out to family because the very last thing I told him was, if I didn't have any brain activity to just let me go and um, not keep me on any uh, life support. And so he was doing all the panicking type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But while I was in this coma, I have two memories, one of my sister being there praying for me. 
and the other one of being cradled in God's hands. Just like I have everything under control, you know, you're fine. I was being cradled. But then a scary thing happened when I went to get out of the coma. I had a vision of hell and heaven. And, and what I mean by, by that was I was seeing like a black and a dark, a, a dark face and a white face. And it was, it was very traumatic. It was so traumatic. But then God again was saying to me, I've got you, I've got you. But the purpose of this is to go back because your work isn't done and to tell people that heaven and hell is real. And what he meant by this is a lot of millennials, and I can even speak with, with one of my grandchildren, they, they don't necessarily believe in hell or um, the way of the world is changing and what people believe <laughs> instead of the Bible, they're, of their higher power, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so it was like, no, I got a glimpse of it and it was traumatic. And I did have a little PTSD from it for a little mm -hmm. while. It, mm -hmm. But I did come out of that coma and God says, your work's not done. And I'm going to backtrack just a minute to a few days before the surgery. I was having a dream about, I was praying to God, like, what is it that you want me to do, Lord? Why are you being quiet? Why are you not speaking to me on my next assignment? And I got this vision in my dream, like this whiteboard, and it flashed, Y-O-U, Y-O-U. And I was like, you? Okay, you want me to just work on me? Okay, that's okay. I'll work on me. If you don't have anything for me to do, that's unlike you. Because usually you have something for me to do. And so I went into that surgery, you know, with that thing, thinking about I'm going to be working on me when I came out of the surgery. Mm -hmm. About two weeks after the coma, it was clear that God says, Y-O-U Ministries. And Y-O-U Ministries is yearn optimistically upward. So God opened the doors. Mm -hmm. And four months after that surgery, I opened a nonprofit U Ministries uh, back from the vision, the coma, my work's not done and into a ministry. Now, when we, when we go back for a second to that time when he was being silent, it's not that God is really silent in our life. It's that we have to be calm. We have to listen. We have to wait because sometimes he is doing the work. We just don't know it. We're not patient enough. Mm -hmm. And so I was being impatient, being like, why aren't you using me? When he was prepping me all this time, he knew what he was going to do mm -hmm. way before so that's kind of my story, my most recent story that I've been through. That is a powerful testimony for sure. And like what you were just talking about in the waiting and the quiet, some of our just most recent episodes we've been talking about, um, that being just a time for us to draw closer to him, to trust him, to, like you said, be patient um, and that know that he is God and just be still. Uh, but so often us as 
humans, especially now in this day and age where everything is such instant gratification, we try to get busy to find our own way. And I mean, it's was in the Bible as well with father Abraham Mm -hmm. and um, them trying to have a son through Hagar versus, you know, waiting on the promised son, Isaac. So, I mean, we see that, that pattern over and over again, where human Mm -hmm. humanity just tries to rush God. And he's like, no, you know, you got to take a moment. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, And she's right. I was thinking the same thing. It's just, this this idea of waiting on God is just such a it's almost become a foreign concept even for this millennial you know generation you know we want everything well technically we're not millennials but you know are you I am. oh my gosh there's <laughs> the whole Z generation though now oh, so. oh my gosh <laughs> no I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, but there is just like she said, there's just such this like moment of like instant gratification and, and you don't realize, you don't think about the reward on the other side of waiting and the reward that's on the other side of silence or perceived silence. Um, it's surrender. And that's it not, is. A and it's not a concept that yeah. we do. Like, and yeah. like we don't do it. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like, I'm in control. I'm, I, I do this thing right yeah. now. And yeah. that's, that's not the way of, of Christ at yeah. all. You're supposed to surrender to him. So um, can you tell us a little bit more about you ministries and just what, um, yeah. what all um, it, it kind of is before we even start talking about kind of how you feel like it ties into your, overall like life's purpose? Yeah. So uh, again, basically what I do with the ministry is it is God's ministry. It is not my ministry. So God gives me everything that, that I pour into it and I take everything to him in prayer. So basically when I started, I was just like, okay, Lord, I opened the private Facebook group. And I says, if we get one person, I know it's worth it because one person, if I can make a difference in one person's life, then it's all worth it. And so with God, you know, he's always so much bigger than, (laughs) I mean, we, I see small anyway, and then he's just overdoes everything. So, but today, um, we have about 650 members. That's all evergreen. It's nothing that I've paid traffic for. It's simply God's traffic. Yeah. It's organic evergreen. God's traffic is what I call it. It's God's group. And um, anybody that's in the group um, knows that I'm a biblicist and I put that first and foremost in our announcements. So they know right away, you know, what type of group it is. And, um, and I've been very lucky, lucky in the group that people are very calm and we don't allow like negativity or anything mm-hmm. in the group. So it's been a really positive experience. And then from the group, uh, he led me to open the ministry, the, the 501C, which we just got our license in December. So um, basically uh, been going even before my surgery, like the few days on November 30th, but right before my surgery, we were in the homeless communities in Las Vegas, because that's where I had my surgery and went to all these homeless camps, handed out Bibles, handed out necessities, talked about the Lord and anything that we could 
put a little positivity out there. I haven't been able to do that since COVID. So I really miss visiting those types of communities and things. Um, but so that's what we do. I help. Um, I try to listen to where God wants me to help in my uh, networking, so to say, with the fundraising. And so because of the things I've been through in my life, I was a teen mother that was, uh, I was told to by the father's mother and sisters cornered me in a room to try to get me in a, to get an abortion. And they were Catholic. And I was 15. And I was a bigger person than them saying, well, that's not what God wants. I knew, I knew my choice was when I, before I got pregnant, not out, not after, even at 15. So I, I, I of course kept that baby, but that is a cause near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. So I like to help the teenage pregnancy centers. I like to go to pro-life events and the, we have a pro-life right here in Montana. I, we have a 406, which is our area code that helps homeless and soup kitchens. And we do that right now. I did a fundraiser in my very tiny community here to make food boxes for uh, Thanksgiving. And um, so we have several families for that. So um, it's basically where the Lord leads me with the ministry is where I want to go. I do, I have developed some courses, like I have a forgiveness course, it's a 30 day forgiveness course. And I was just uh, anybody that buys the course, it anybody that buys any course on our website, buys a Bible for somebody. So that money we take Mm -hmm. from that money, we, of course, pay for the website, that kind of thing. But then we buy a Bible. So if they if they're in our academy every month and they stay in every month that they're in the academy buys a Bible for somebody. So that's probably our biggest mission is the Bible buying Bibles and getting a Bible into somebody's hands that does, doesn't have one. Um, so is everybody who is a part of you ministries, are they also like self-professed, biblicist or at least believers or do you not have to be or I mean how how do you kind of like navigate those that join well um I let people join and it I it doesn't matter because I believe God has a purpose for anybody if he's sending them to the group then they're going to be you know allowed in the group you know there's going that the group is set up to where we don't uh, I, I monitor the posts and things like that to make sure they're appropriate. But if there's people that believe certain ways, normally how we handle that is we have private conversations and I try to help them um, in love what I know about the Bible and what the Bible says about certain things that there might be questions and things like that. But the group is open to anybody. We have nice um it's free group and it's, it, there's nice comments in there. We do Bible studies and we do Christian book clubs and uh, just a real, and some and crafts, Bible journaling and things like that. So we have a lot of fun. Very mm-hmm. nice. I like, I like, um, I like that you also said that you handle it, those types of situations are really just any type of, you know, conversation kind of privately 
like people act like they don't know what privacy is anymore yeah. you know <laughs> and just no 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 class about how you handle it and you don't even have to be a believer or I mean believers and non-believers but even more so for believers I think there's there's I don't think I know there is a biblical and an appropriate way to mm-hmm. handle discord and disagreements and I don't know where we went wrong but <laughs> somewhere we, we went real <laughs> left and it's just very yeah the comment section yeah that is where we went wrong in the comment section and um, yeah and it should it should be handled I really believe that like behind closed doors and I've, I've had those situations as well where people will like start stuff on my page or <laughs> in my Instagram and I'm like come to come to my private room real quick let's have a conversation here and then if you don't want to then that just tells me that your heart and your intention is something completely you know different yeah like you don't actually want to learn or or have a conversation you just want to fuss and do it out loud and so um I it's it that's also seems to be like such a you know lost art maybe I don't know um with with, I've had some I've had some great conversations with people over things that they just think is right and I'm like okay then I want this is your assignment then I want you to get the bible and I want you to give me confirmation on what you're saying coming from the bible I want you to give me the scripture and the verses and I says if you can come up with that then we can have a real good discussion on it. But if, and usually they'll come back with things of the world. And I'm like, no, no, that's man. Well, well, man wrote the Bible. And I says, no, God wrote the Bible. God used man to put the words down. But I said, God wrote the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I said, so you have to find in the Bible to, you know, to prove your point. I says, I can prove my point from the Bible. Now you prove your point from the Bible and then we'll go from there. So I've had some really good, clean conversations on, on the back end of things in private messages out of love and just trying to help, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's ministry too. You know, I mean, people yeah. don't see it. It's just the, un, you know, the unseen ministry, but it's, it's every life changed, every thought, you mm-hmm. know, re-contemplated about, you know, so it's it, it's cool. I like that you even said that, you know, just whatever um, the Lord asks you to do within the ministry, it's not a specific thing. It could be literally anything as long as your heart is ready and obedience is there for you or whoever is involved in that particular yeah. thing. And that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as far as like, I don't just run the group either. The members run it. So we have a lot. I think I have 18 volunteers in there. And the very first thing I always say to a volunteer is pray about it. Mm-hmm. I said, I want you to pray about it and make sure this is, is right for you. Because I have a list of, if anybody wants to do anything in the group, I will find something for them to do. But the, the very first thing is they've got to pray about it. But I'll never turn anyone away that the Lord is given them a serving heart that yeah. they want to do something, uh, then um, it's not my place to take away their joy. So we find something, we come up with something in the group yeah. so that everybody 
is welcome and everyone has a place and there's something as long as the Lord's leading you to do something, well, we'll, I'll pray about it. And if, and if we're both in agreement with prayer, then, Hey, go for it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a question. Um, cause I don't know something that you mentioned is uh, someone mentioned to you that man wrote the Bible. So with that, type of conversation have you ever ran into an individual that you know continuously disputed that the bible was truly the word of god and and if so how did you handle that that's good yes that that's a really good and a deep question a really mm-hmm. really deep question so basically how i pr- approach it is that when you have a relationship with god this is how you know when you, when that Holy Spirit comes into your body, then you have no doubt in your mind that that Bible was written for God because God talks to you through the word mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. shows you his love through the word and he gives you discernment. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can read one scripture. And by the 10th time you read that scripture back again, it has another meaning that God shows you. And I said, <laughs> so the, so if you really want to see what I'm talking about, that God wrote the Bible, I says, you've got to accept Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to accept Jesus. And I says, well, why not? Because I don't, I don't think that God is there or Jesus is there. And I'm like, well, then where are you going when you die? What happens to you when you die? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know nothing. And I says, well, when I die, at least I've, you know, if, I'm not going to heaven, at least, you know, I've got nothing to lose, right? I might, I, if, if I'm going to go to heaven, I get to go to heaven, but you've got everything to lose because yeah. you're not even trying. So what do you have to lose? Try Jesus, try Jesus on. I guarantee if you sincerely think about it and pray about it, and you will find that God will speak to you through the word and you will, you will know what I'm saying. And I says, have you ever looked at anybody and says, what is different about that person? Why are they so cheery and bright? And I says, cause they've got the Holy spirit shining over them. They're just radiant with God's love. And I said, that's the difference when you see somebody over here that doesn't have God's love and they have hatred and anger. And you can see all that. I mean, you can see that in the world right now left and right. I mean, it's horrible. And I feel bad for God right now because these are all his children. And I feel, I feel that he's so hurt right now up in heaven from people just turning away from the word of God and turning away from what he's trying to minister to all of us and say, wake up. I mean, we've been what COVID-19, another good, good instance here. Are people turning to the Bible right now with all this extra time that they've had at home? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe God is saying, hello, you know, come back to me, come back yeah, to yeah. me, you know, giving us every, how many times have people said in their life, I need a rest. I'm so tired. I'm so burnt out from working. And well, you know, we're getting a rest right now, you know, but are yeah. you using it? Are you using it in the right way? So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of how, I start approaching it, but then I can't give you like exactly what I would say to everybody because I have to let God work through me. And, but, but there's also a really, um, Josh McDowell, 
he was the biggest atheist ever and he's got a verdict without a verdict i think i think so yeah yeah and so anybody that is really researching and things like that i always send them to that book in fact if mm-hmm. i find them i pick them up and and uh, i'll hand it out to somebody and say here's the biggest atheist ever and he he proved himself wrong his own self wrong <laughs> and, <laughs> and found that he could not disprove the bible <laughs> yeah and that's the same thing with another book by lee strobel called case for christ mm-hmm. which yeah. is a really really good book where mm-hmm. you know this guy goes all over the place talking to different theologians and university. Um, what is it? Teachers, mm-hmm. professors, professors. That's the word I was looking for, <laughs> but university professors and just asking them all these really, really deep questions and was able to, again, not disprove anything in yeah. the Bible. And that's one thing that I always mention to individuals is like, this one book, like, I don't know of any other book that exists that tells the future, you know, not only does it tell the past and nothing's been disproven from that, Mm -hmm. but it is literally unfolding in the present and it's telling the future. No other book can do that because it's the living word of God. So that's right. Just take a little bit of time to open it and stop thinking that you know what it says, right? You will find the answers that you're seeking. But yeah, so absolutely. many people go to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, and like they don't understand it because it's very um very prophetic book. And people like think that they can just go to the last page or the last chapter and understand everything that's gonna happen. And you need the book of Daniel and you need the book of Jeremiah, you need all these other books that explain the to the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are literally the roadmap. Like it's, it's the most bothersome thing to always have people just pull from a specific mm. scripture and then not look around it, mm-hmm. not look at, you know, the time and the history behind it and the, you know, and I mean, we all have to condition ourselves to also do that as well, but but you're right. Like it's real and it's true and it's living and it's consistent. It doesn't tell a lie. Like there's just so many things that people try to do to debunk just, you know, the, the sweet, clean word of God. Right. (laughs) And it's really, it's really crazy. But if you really dive into it, um, you know, you see that it, it can bring you so much peace, so much guidance, no matter what, mm-hmm. you know, the situation um, or what the rest of the world looks like around us. And so um, I agree. And I do think too, to kind of go back to what you were saying about, like, you do have to first, like, accept, you've got yeah. to believe and you only need the faith of a mustard seed. Like, it doesn't even take that Mm. much (laughs) to just you know and that like give that little bit of faith and then he will literally come in and like intervene on the rest of it to bring you to like full-blown faith but so many people just struggle with even that little little bit of faith that you have to try to have that it's so sad because it's like I wish you would know (laughs) <laughs> it's like they try to logic themselves to God and you can't logic yourself. That's the whole purpose of faith to begin with. And you have right. faith in something. Is it faith in your unbelief or is it faith in, in yeah, Jesus Christ? Either way, it's faith yeah. um, nonetheless. Anyway. Yeah. And what about what about the believers, though, 
that are believers, but they're fallen away mm. now. Okay. Or they say things like, well, I believe that Jesus is the way to heaven, but I believe there's other ways as well, mm. you know, and it's, there's a fine, remember, it talks about that fine line and that that okay. path is so narrow yeah. that you, you've got to be on that path and you don't want to be like, there's only 22% of self-professed Christians that are biblicists. Mm. That means, and, and we're going lower and lower and lower. As, and so if you actually, we did a timeline in our Bible study and it's crazy how many things have happened as you guys have talked about as where we are in the world today, mm -hmm. but 22% and it says before tribulation, you know, the Christians are going to fall down low, low, low. Lukewarm. And this, this is what, this is what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So those of us that are biblicists and on fire for God, I mean, God is really got a big job for us <laughs> to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we can't be scared. <laughs> right. Right. It's that's a lack it. of a willingness to surrender, though. Like that's where um, we have this veil, this blockage that, you know, individuals still want to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And say that you can't have it both ways. And that's, that's something that I've noticed recently. Like I yeah. was a believer a long time ago, but I still had this thing over here that I wanted to enjoy. And it wasn't until I completely was just like, I can't deal with this anymore. I surrender it all. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Clearly I'm doing something wrong that he picked me up and was like, okay, this is the way. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what what's happening uh, now is there's the the talk but not the walk and he's a god of action and we're supposed to be um, made in in his image so we have to take that action too. And he's always going to give you a choice. He's always going to you know let you make that decision. And you look at the wide path and say that's fun. I think I want to stay over here or. You're like, but this is the only way I need to make this choice and this decision and go to the narrow path. And, you know, whichever way it, that that choice goes is ultimately going to lead to your end. Eternity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because, uh, or they'll end up, uh, you know, it's too bad. They'll end up during the tribulation time and mm -hmm. not, you know, those of us that are, going to meet Jesus in the sky and then there'll be the ones that are left and they're going to have a really tough time professing, you know, their love for Christ at that time. They're going to really suffer. So, mm. I mean, we do have God holds us accountable. It says in the Bible that if you know something and you do not tell the people around you what you know, I will hold you accountable. I will hold you to mm. higher calling once we get up to his pearly gates. Yeah. And so I don't know about you two girls, but Hey, I don't want, I don't want him going, Tammy. Right. <laughs> said something, you right. you should have said something, girl. Yeah. Right, right. That's right. why I started this podcast or we right. started this podcast in a way. Cause I was like, I gotta let people know. <laughs> <gotta> know <laughs> right. 
Yeah. <laughs> One conversation yep. at a time, but we're going to get it out there. Right. Very, <laughs> That's very right. So I had a question for you. Um, if you could say anything to your younger self, as I, um, as you mentioned a little bit to um, some things that you struggled with in the past and in your journey, what would you say to, to your younger self or maybe even, even the younger generation today? I would say that you're not afraid to try things of the world. So why are you so afraid to try things of the spiritual world? Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Mm. Because it always seems it's so easy to fall prey to the peer pressure and things. But why not the good pressure? Why, you know, the good peer pressure, the spiritual pressure of the godly world and be drawn in by that? What is that's so hard to make a, you know, a choice there? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this bad thing over here. Instead, I could be doing this godly thing over here. Yeah. And it's like, you're not... I guess when you think about things of the world, you're like, oh, who's going to know? Who's going to find out? Um, and so you kind of try to do those things in secret. So what if you just quietly spent some time with God and said, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you might, you might reveal something to you. So, right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So what would, I guess you've kind of defined it with you ministry, but is there anything that um, you would say, he has said to you is your purpose with you ministry or something that you're um, building up to with your, with you ministry? I wouldn't say that I'm building up to anything, but other than what he is wanting me to do at the moment. And that is just spread the good gospel and just mm -hmm. try to save who, who his children. Okay. So, just sharing the word and your ministry. And is it just through, it's through the Facebook group or do you have, um, well, I know probably not now in COVID, but like a, a meeting or um, any virtual meetings or anything like that where you guys come together? Yeah. So we, we actually have a couple subgroups of you ministry where we have a um, girl read your Bible and we're getting ready to start the Bible study in January 1st. And so we'll, uh, 52 weeks and we're going to go through the Bible together. And then we'll have a weekly meeting uh, in the chat room. Um, we also have a website. It's www.youministries.com. And then you can check out like our courses and a lot of times what's coming up a little bit about my story. I do have my story on YouTube. Uh, mm -hmm. I just went through and it shows pictures and different things of in the hospital when I was in the coma and coming out. And so I just launched that series. I think we're about six, seven episodes into that. And so that might be kind of fun for somebody that likes visual Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, anybody's welcome to come to the group. All they got to do is search out YOU Ministries and we'll let you in. Okay. okay. That's awesome. awesome. I have a quick question too. So after your, um, after your experience and just like spiritual encounter, everything that went with it, how was your like family's reaction to like what, 
you know, happened or changed or transpired in their lives, grandkids, if you had them at the time, you know, like your husband, like how did everybody respond spiritually and like literally physically? Yeah. Um, so first of all, everybody was just ecstatic when I woke up, except for me, because I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) And I was having hallucinations from all the drugs and uh, Mm -hmm. everything was real to me, even though it wasn't. And so it was really, you know, but they were, they were real happy. And I was real like, what is going on? It was so, it was, I was weirded out. But after things started coming together, oh, well, you know, the spiritual leader of my entire family is my father. So he's Mm -hmm. got all the kids, grandkids, great grandkids, great, great grandkids. I mean, he's always been the matriarch of the family as far as a spiritual leader. So of course, of course, he is just ecstatic about the story and what I'm doing with my life and what God's using me for this time. But you see, I have 20-something, 30-something stories. If I were to tell tell you all of them, you would think I was lying, but I'm not really. (laughs) But God has used me in each one of those stories for something, for a purpose. And I've always followed his leading, which each and every single one of those purposes. So if you ever want to have me back to talk about something else, I'd be glad to do so. (laughs) I've got all kinds. (laughs) We would love that, I'm sure, because there's a ton of, yeah. of examples and we may not have a guest now. <laughs> it could be good. <laughs> it could be. Do you think that purpose is fluid? Hmm. Oh, fluid. Um, I think, I think purpose is driven and I think it has to be driven because If God gives you a purpose, I don't think you can just be going like, you know, wavy down the road. And that's what I would consider fluid Mm. is like a river just kind of floating down the river. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to be driven. And I think God, God gives us our purpose, but then we have to be driven inside of us to do his purpose. Because some God gives purpose to all of us, but it's up to us to pick up that purpose and go with it and go in the direction he wants. Some people will be like, they've probably passed their purpose a lot, maybe because they don't know how to recognize it. Mm -hmm. That'd be a great topic, you know. Um, They don't know how to recognize their purpose. Well, I don't know if it's God. I don't know. Some people don't know when God's talking to them. Mm -hmm. So I do, Mm -hmm. I would say that purpose is driven for me, that Mm -hmm. for me. Sure. And I think that individuals, I mean, he's using you in different seasons. So like, it may be, you know, that at this point in time, he wants you to focus on this because that's building you for the next thing. So you plant one season and right. uh, bloom in the next, sure. and then you bear fruit in the next, and um, the cycle may continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, good okay. stuff. Well, we really appreciate your time. It's been uh, awesome to hear about your journey and what God is doing in your life. Yeah. And we want to, we always usually conclude with asking if there's anything that we can lift up to him and pray for on your behalf. Uh, in agreement in with agreement, you. Stand in agreement. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I would just pray for continued purpose since that's what we were talking about. Just continue to, to show and to discern the purpose and what yeah. we're all to do. Yeah. Spirit of discernment. We've been, yes, we've been asking for that for a, for, for a for very some long weeks. time. <laughs> it's continual though. Right? For a while. Yeah. It's continual. We don't understand. We shouldn't pretend like we do. Like right. We, we need him all the time. So yeah. that's right. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess I will close in prayer and <laughs> we always do this. We're like, you're going to pray this time. Right. <laughs> she prayed last time. So I will close in prayer this time. So dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this evening, for Tammy's story and the influence that she's had on so many lives with you ministries. We ask that you continue to use her and use each and every one of us. Give us the wisdom and the spirit of discernment to be able to reach and teach and share the gospel the right way with your love mm -hmm. all surrounding us. It's in Jesus name that I pray to you. Amen. 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 Well, thank, thank you so much for your story, your time, your words. Um, we don't believe that God does anything by mistake and mm -hmm. any of the conversations that we have are just period. And so we know that those who need to hear, you know, your story and testimony and, and just, you know, the words of the Lord that he's giving you for this time, that they'll hear it and their hearts will be soft towards it. And so we thank you very much for being with us tonight yeah thank you lovely ladies all right well you take care and i hope we'll see you again yeah, soon hopefully we'll all see right you again in on new ministries see what that's that's about. right god bless you god bless, <laughs> you. god bless you have a good night you too